What up, witches, and welcome to Witch and a Bitch in a Podcast. I'm your host, Darren. And I'm Temperance. How are you all? As you guys can see, uh, sadly, Vicky can't be with us today, but uh, we have a really special uh, interview organized for today. So we've actually got Temperance Alder here. She's an author of The Year of the Witch, which you can see up here behind me. She's also a teacher and uh, folk witch of folk witch based in uh, South Florida. Uh, so Temperance began her spiritual journey with family traditions in 2001 and has spent over 19 years of practice devoted to growing and developing her personal path of witchcraft and paganism. In her free time, she's most likely reading too many books and blogging her way through the internet. So can you please make a nice big warm welcome for Temperance Alden? Yay! Insert clapping here. <laughs> so Temperance, how are you? great how are you i'm doing great so obviously um for those that don't know tempo she's actually over in florida at the moment um but you're originally from new england is that correct i am i've been i've been all over um i'm originally from new england so i'm from rhode island my family's from massachusetts i've been in florida i've been in oregon i've been in montana i've been in japan i've been wherever you could be i've been in ohio i've been where you could be i've been there probably wow i'm gonna go out on a limb here based on a few of the things i know about you does that mean you're into anime? I, okay, as a child, I was super into it. Um, as an adult, like, I just, sometimes I rewatch the things I like. Is there any particular animes that you're into? I like, uh, I'm basic. I liked, like, Tenshi Muyo, Gundam Wing, um, Inuyasha, Bleach, like. You've literally listed, like, half of my anime connection collection. <laughs> Wait, did you just say you're a basic witch? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a little coin term that uh, Vicky and I joke around with that. You know when you say a basic bitch, but I change it to basic witch because I call Vicky a basic witch all the time because sometimes she's like, oh, I'm just kind of basic. And I'm like, oh, honey, you don't say that you're basic. If the shoe fits. <laughs> See, for me, it's if the tiara fits. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, So anyway, so uh, we, as we always start with our interviews, I'd like to ask you, so Temperance, what is your definition of a modern day witch? I am not groundbreaking in this. I believe that a modern day witch is anyone who identifies as one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that you have to have been more into it. And I don't necessarily believe that you have to have years and years of study to call yourself a witch, right? At the, at the moment, at the precipice in which you decide I'm a witch, that is when you become a witch. We can't ascribe being a witch to anyone who doesn't identify that way. And we can't take it away from someone who does. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and so I guess then how do you identify? Like, do you actually use the term witch or are there other terms that you use? Like, I prefer to use the term practitioner mm -hmm. um, in my daily life. I don't often call myself a witch, although when I say I don't often, it's ca caveated by except on the internet. And that's where everyone <laughs> knows me from is the internet. But um, it, the internet had just made it simple to find people from a like-minded perspective in the right community. So yep. the word which I use on the internet, but if I'm, if you were to meet me out in the wild, I would say practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just like how I go. So I practice a very, and I call myself, you know, a left-handed path Irish folk, which so that's, I work left-hand path magic and I work Irish folk. So growing up, I was introduced to witchcraft through Irish folk Catholicism mm -hmm. and 
um, and then later that morphed into what I do now because at some point the Catholicism fell off and paganism fell in, but a lot of what I was doing I retained and then it changed over the years and so that's all going on, but um, I make the distinction that I work left hand path magic because I do work left hand path magic and I feel like that's a distinction between making sure a lot of people when they hear things are Celtic based they assume that it's like druidry or wiccan and i really make that distinction like no it's not i'm, I'm doing left-hand path bullshit over here so just uh, like just to enlighten some of our listeners who may not be familiar with left hand and right hand paths what would you define as obviously in your opinion what, what would you define as being traditionally like left hand path v the other i think it's a really messy question because it's going to be based on the person you're asking yeah the easiest but so for you then the easiest way to make the difference without getting too technical is that right-hand path practitioners have like they're guided by specific ethics and morals that are usually set by a larger body and Mm -hmm. they don't believe in hexing or cursing. Mm -hmm. Whereas left-hand path practitioners tend to make all of their own decisions um, in regards to ethics and morals. They're not unified typically by super solid bodies Um, and they do hexing and cursing. Now this is to say that's not the hard and fast definition because there are unified bodies within both groups, but I tend to find that most people right hand path identify, they'll be like, I'm Wiccan, I'm this, and that's how they're identifying. And Mm -hmm. then they'll say caveats about morality or ethics that you wouldn't normally find on a left hand path practitioner. Like, for example, we're talking like the rule of the law of return or the rule of three and all of that stuff um, yeah. that, that obviously a lot of Wiccan people. So it's funny that you say that because it's like I was also brought up Catholic and then I did a bit of soul searching and then dabbled in various different belief systems. I, I initially started into witchcraft through Wicca, but then it's funny because it's like then once I got deep into it, there were certain things that just didn't really resonate to me. So now I've kind of adopted this. I call myself uh, an eclectic witch and I, I, I practice what I call eclectic mysticism. So I kind of just take little bits of here and there and da 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 and kind of make my own system just because it's, I don't really ascribe to one nor the other. Like it's, I kind of just float wherever I feel like at the time. So I just found it interesting because it's like, because uh, I think another one of the terms that I've seen you use has been a hereditary witch. Is that correct? Yeah. Like, is that through your I, lineage? Yeah. I, um, I think this term gets really confused by a lot of people and Mm. really it was something that um, got picked out of something I had said once and then it it ended up on my bio for my book. Oh, really? (laughs) But um, yeah, but hereditary witchcraft doesn't mean that you have to come from lines and lines of old witches and you're not the descendant of witches they didn't burn. It literally just means that whatever you're doing was taught to you by someone familial. Mm -hmm. So I, in my perspective, you can be a hereditary witch and it's that your grandmother or your mother taught you something um, and that connection has stayed. You know, how many people do we hear? They're like, oh yeah, like I have, like I I see spirits or I hear spirits like my mom did too. Like there's a hereditary link there. Mm. Um, I think hereditary, which is a term that comes in and out of popularity and more often than not, it's used as a way to gatekeep people. They'll be like, oh, you have to be a hereditary witch to do this or this or this. And it's like, uh, you really don't. And how do you prove that anyways? Like yeah. you're just you're just creating bullshit that doesn't need to be there. It's messy. But you know, um, I think anyone 
can fall under the umbrella of hereditary if they've learned something from their practice from someone that they grew up with as family, whether that family was, I'm going to be messy here and say blood or not, but blood or not, I, I to me, hereditary doesn't have to be the mother that gave birth to you, you know, if that wasn't your family. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that there's a blood quantifier for being a witch, so. Amen to that. <laughs> I mean, not to not to go Christian, but like it's just for me, Amen in itself. I don't associate it with Christianity. I just it's just like a yeah, hallelujah or whatever else you want to throw out there. I'm just like I live for that because it's like for me, my my kind of introduction to anything supernatural was actually through my uncle, which is my mum's brother. Um, my mum was like, she's a hardcore Gemini. Everything's logic and reason. There's no kind of spiritual nothing. Whereas my uncle being a Pisces is very intuitive and very much into the, the woo woo and like, you know, all things that science can't explain. So I guess he kind of introduced me to all that stuff. So even though he's not like, he is by blood, but not direct blood, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. like, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, and I really, I think, I think it's good that you, what I like about you and all the stuff that I've seen that you've done is like you you have an opinion and you acknowledge that it's it's your opinion and that's just what it is and I'm very opinionated myself <laughs> on on the internet especially and it's like when someone comes from my opinion I'm like what are you trying to prove here like I'm not going to get into this with you this is my opinion you can't tell me I'm wrong it's my opinion um yeah. but I, I have actually noticed that there's a this almost I find see because it pulling back to a previous point that you made about the internet and how it's been so good in allowing people to connect i've also found the is it the adverse or inverse i'm really bad at english is it the you got inverse? it the inverse is also correct in that like whilst it's been able to bring so many people together i've also seen of late it's also been a channel where people have been pulling each other apart like by gatekeeping as they call it to like say oh but you're not a real witch because of this and this and this and it's just I don't know if you've noticed it because I know you're very big on social media and stuff. Like there's just this, there can often be this like double-edged sword with social media, like, because it's like- It is, um, but I don't find it to be new, honestly. Um, mm. I think just the vessel that it's happening for is new. The channels are new. Yep. So we're really seeing it a lot with TikTok. Um, oh yeah. Replaced what was which blur, which Tumblr, which was really toxic, which replaced chat message boards because I, I mean I can remember like earlier mid-2000s chat rooms and like forums full and full of people tearing apart Silver Ravenwolf because she's the fluffy author and Cunningham because he was a fluffy author and whatever else and it was like okay it's just the the vehicle that people are using to be nasty has changed mm -hmm. um, and the content has changed the way that we give our content has changed, but people have always been nasty and the internet is just an anonymous place to be disgusting. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you on so many fronts on that one. It's like, I, I love to engage with witches. Um, but sometimes I jokingly say to Vicky, like we don't say it on air cause I don't like bad list any particular platforms or particular groups, but sometimes I'll refer to them as the, instead of calling them the witchcraft group, I'll call them the bitchcraft group. Cause it's like, oh, just everyone has an opinion. And it's like, I mean, that being said, I'm this self-righteous witch that has a podcast so I can express my opinion. So like- The podcast host on this podcast is too opinionated. What's that? The podcast host? 
Yeah, you're too opinionated. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, how dare I have an opinion on my own podcast? It's like, it's like, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, but I actually watch. Yeah. Uh, my husband watches a lot of the um, Trixie and Cartier show, and I love how they're like, you know, because it's our, um, because it's our video and not yours or something. Like they say it at the start of their clip every single time because it's ours and not yours so it's like they could say whatever the hell they want to say and i love it because it's like i say that to vicky all the time I'm like well this is our podcast if i don't like what you have to say i'll just mute you or i'll edit it out yeah well you know the internet is tricky because a lot of people aren't um where this is getting and why i say like this is my opinion um personal gnosis plays a huge part in mm. spirituality and especially what we're doing everything is built on personal gnosis, right? We're not, we're not all following uniform liturgy. We don't have standard books and standard teachings and standard teachers. And we're not following, you know, some kind of guru or priest or whatever, you know? So personal gnosis is how the vessel for us to communicate with each other. And the issue right now that we're seeing online and why people are getting so nasty is because they're basically touting their personal gnosis as verified communal gnosis and it's like okay well what you're saying isn't for everyone it's for you that's not a universal law that's not a universal truth that's just what you believe and what you do and that just because you believe it doesn't make it true it makes it true for you and that's great but it's not true for me um and, I, and so i you know i always like to give the caveat like this is what i believe this is what i think and you're free to think something else but here's what i think and then i you know say my statement I love it. I love it though, because I think that's, we, we need more of that because like social media and like the ability that we can connect with people globally in an instant, I think it's so powerful if used correctly. And it's just such a shame that so many people just don't know how to do that. It's like the oftentimes I'll be like on a post and then I'll comment something. And then when I just see it get catty, I'm like unfollow post. I'm like, nah, I don't want to read any more of that. Cause it just went. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, changing, changing lanes a little bit. This is what I love about your book because you've written a book, which I'm holding it up for those watching on YouTube. It's called Year of the Witch. Um, so it's uh, connecting with nature's seasons through intuitive magic. And what I love about your book is that you've kind of taken this approach of, because uh, a lot of people, when they practice witchcraft, they instantly adopt the will of the year based on the traditional names given, well, in reality, what's given by Wiccan belief system, right? So yeah. it's like, and but then you don't identify as Wiccan in the slightest, do you? No. no. So I guess what was your inspiration for writing the book? Was it literally just that, that you wanted to write it based on your own experience or? My inspiration was um, at the time in which I was, I had thought about this book. Um, I was getting a lot, of, I was a public figure. It's, it's public figure, but I, I was a public figure at this point um, on the internet. And I would get messages every holiday. Like, what are you doing? How are you celebrating it? What should I do? yada 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 and I was like um what makes you think I'm celebrating that harvest in South Florida I'm not <laughs> <laughs> um but you know happy bread day and so for me it was really born out of like so many beginners coming to me um asking you know how what do I do how can I do this it doesn't feel right or adversely saying um I don't celebrate this holiday because I don't connect to it and it doesn't make sense. And the holiday that always gets brought up, Maybon, people hate it. And it's like, you can't hate it. It's whether you relate to it or not, it's, you know, it's one of those, it's a celestial day. Like you can't yeah. just ignore it. It's happening. So how do you connect to it? How do you take it out of 
how do you take it out of the context of what Wicca turned it into and make it so that it works for you? And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write a whole book on this because I bet I could. And so I, I did. And the book is really based on, and it's sometimes it confuses people how I wrote it. Um, the first half of the book is teaching you how to be intuitive, because mm -hmm. if you can't be intuitive, you can't make and use an intuitive wheel. So that addresses the first problem. What is intuition? How do you use it? How do you build it? How do you connect to foundations in earth? Let's assume you're building an earth-based practice because you're reading an, a nature-based book. Let's assume you want to build an earth-based practice. Here's how we do that. Now let's talk about the wheel. And now that you've learned all that, let's talk about the wheel. Does this still fit? Do you still identify with it? Yes or no? If you don't, here's what we're going to do last. We're going to build something that works for you. And so that was kind of like the whole flow and process and thinking was that people can do whatever the fuck they want and they can celebrate whatever holidays they want and they can really just make their witchcraft their own. Why do we all have to celebrate holidays that don't fit? Why? And so exactly. that was that was the guiding light for the book. I love that because it's something that I discussed with you off camera before we started recording was um, how here in Australia, we often have, we're hit with this constant barrier of like, recently we had Halloween and I went out and I decorated my house for Halloween. And a lot of my witch friends were, they were like, um, it's Beltane. I'm like, why can't I celebrate both? Like for me, Halloween is a separate entity to Beltane being a festival of the season because just because I live down here like you know what I mean and also because for us Beltane like I'm pretty sure the traditions you're supposed to like jump over bonfires and all that kind of stuff and shepherd cattle through bonfires and whatever that's actually in our fire restriction season so we can't be doing no bonfires anywhere like you know what I mean so it just it doesn't work here the same way that it works in Europe or in North America um so we're always faced with that same thing of you know christmas it's well yule christmas same same but different um for us technically it's going to be litha or the summer solstice so like we were talking uh actually by the time this airs we would just be about to the following episode is going to be about litha slash yule and how we incorporate the two together so it's something that vicky and i do where we try to incorporate both elements in the one just to kind of honor the northern hemispherical calendar whilst also incorporating the seasonal changes down here so mm -hmm. um i guess did that come about because of your move from new england down to florida with the the fact that obviously in florida you're not going to have like winter <laughs> well you do it but it's not from it didn't come from new england to florida it came from florida to montana oh really yes when i moved from florida i was 13 I lived in Montana for five years and um, I, in Montana where I lived, I lived on the border town for the US and Canada. So literally outside my window every morning I would wake up and I could see the mountains outside of my window were in Canada. That's how I could walk to the border. I was that close. Wow. And um, so I had, was experiencing, you know, seasons that I'd never experienced because where I lived in Montana, um, it started snowing in September. The snow melted off the ground, started melt, like it was, it should have been completely melted by June, but I lived near Glacier National Park, which um, Glacier National Park is named after its glaciers. There was glaciers all year round where I was. And how do you connect to that? Because at the time I was identifying as pagan um, by that point in my life. So how do you do that? How do you connect with this? And um, I talk about it a lot and I, and, you know, I talked about it a little bit for a class that I taught recently, 
Um, I work really heavily with land spirits and a lot of people view land spirits as like a secondary or even tertiary spirit or entity to work with. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of my practice has always been based with land and land spirits. So I have kind of like blended that really heavily into my book and um, talked about that a bit. And that was a really big basis for my own personal practice. And, you know, I, I wrote the book very conversationally because my yeah. thinking was if you've never spoken to a, a lot of people are solitary and they're coming into witchcraft from the internet. And if you've never spoken to another witch before you you're missing a connection because I feel mm -hmm. like we learn our most when we can ask questions to a real person that can say like, this was my perspective. This is what I did. Here's how I learned it as like, people are missing that link right now. Right. There's a million wheel books that have been done. There's a million academic wheel books that have been done, but no one's had a conversation quite frankly about how they're applying it. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell people how I apply these concepts, how I connect to the earth, how I do all that and you know we'll just take it from there and and you know people responded really well um I had you know I had a review on Amazon that said it was the most overrated book on social media so people are taking it really well um yeah it was what? one yeah one one reviewer said that because like I have they're all really good reviews and then I saw that one review I was like this goes on a shirt this is a shirt like um so <laughs> You know, but I, I think, you know, a lot of people are really connecting to it because they, they don't have someone to just talk to. And I love that it has an audiobook because if you have, there's a service on the internet called Scribed, it's $9 a month. This is not a promotion. I don't get anything for saying this. Um, there's a service on the internet called Scribed. They have the full Llewellyn and Wiser catalogs, but they also have audiobooks. It's unlimited books and audiobooks for $9 a month. You can get occult books. You cannot beat it. Um, they have the audiobook version of my book. And so a lot of people have listened to it and been like, I, I loved that I could hear this on audio. It sounds like you're talking to me. Like, I really love this. Thank you so much. So, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. And is it you, you actually the person doing the audio or someone else is reading your book for you? Someone else read it, but oh. you know, the girl that read it, um, she has read some of the romance novels that I read because sometimes I listen to them on audiobook and I recognized her voice. So. <laughs> I love that it's like full circle like oh I listened to that voice and now she's reading my book this is cool yeah <laughs> did, did you have that mini fangirl moment um okay, yeah I had that fangirl moment when when my book was accepted when I pitched it to I only pitched it to one company I pitched it to one publisher it was wiser the first occult book I ever bought for myself was a wiser title mm -hmm. and I said to myself if I ever write a book I'm doing it with wiser if they don't take it I'm not doing it I pitched them one time for this book and they accepted it and that was like my favorite I ran around I literally ran around my house screaming was, oh my god they accepted my book because it literally only just came out right for those that are watching yeah it came out November point. 1st yeah so um just uh, in a nutshell where can people buy the book we're obviously still going to talk about it a little bit more but just in a nutshell where are the major stockers for your book um, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, you can buy it directly through me. If you like to shop small and you're in the North America, you can, in the North America, if you're in the United States, um, you can buy it through New Moon Books, who I tag a lot. They're um, a small store, but they have tons of copies and I work for them, so it's signed. Um, there's Book Depository. I know if you're in France, um, a French publisher just picked up the rights. It will be printed in French soon. Wow. So Horizon, yes. Um, that would be so cool. Like just yeah. seeing your own work being translated into another language, that would be like 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not an author, but I would perceive that to be like the biggest, like, I don't know. Like, it'd just be like such a compliment to go, oh, my book is that popular that they've translated it to another language. They trans Okay, they translated it to another language with less than being released for less than a month. I was so stunned. I was shocked. That's, I was like, that's I got it. I felt so honored. Yeah, I was, um, I, I've been blown away by the response to this book um, and people loving it. And it's just been very humbling to me. So I, you know, but it's, it's pretty much available wherever. And like I said, it's unscribed as well. So if you want it digitally and you just want a membership so that you could read all of the Wiser books and all the Llewellyn books, scribed as well. I think it's awesome. And there's a particular section of this book that I actually heard you talk about this in um, when I went to the Witcher Sabbath event recently. Um, but if like, I don't want to give too much away of the book itself, but there's one particular one I wanted to touch on, which is shepherding the land and the concept behind that. Mm -hmm. Did you want to give our listeners slash viewers a little bit of insight into what you mean by shepherding the land? Terribly sorry about that, guys. Apparently the communication gods are not on our side today. So um, <laughs> we just had a little bit of technical difficulties. So uh, what I was asking about your book is uh, without giving too much away, because I obviously want people to go out and buy it and read it because I think it's amazing. Um, but I wanted to talk about the concept of shepherding the land and what that entails. So do you mind enlightening us a little bit into that? Of course. So um, I view my practice very much through animism. So, you know, like no one, no one really calls himself an animist, but um, like that's not people I'm like, I'm, I'm an animistic witch. Like that doesn't happen. But um, I feel like I want to now that you said no one does. I feel like I want to prove you right. Just say I'm an animist. <laughs> no, I'm just animist. kidding. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, I am and I believe that many things contain spirit hold mm -hmm. spirit um our vessels for spirit and i work really heavily with the land so shepherding the land was somewhat of a biblical reference actually but it really came down to if we are earth-based pagan if you're if you're this the assumption is that you are an earth-based pagan if you are not an earth-based pagan this chapter maybe doesn't apply as much but if you are an earth-based pagan, how are we shepherding and watching after and caring for the earth and its spirits and everything that is living here? I believe that it is our duty to do so and mm -hmm. to take care of it. And, and I kind of laid into that and how you might shepherd the earth. And, you know, the majority of pollution and emissions and all that stuff, it's coming from corporations, right? We mm -hmm. know that it is, but our us as witches we have the choice where we spend our money for the most part um you know we have the choice to support greener companies to go out of our way and save things recycle things um and recycle i don't just mean throw it in the recycle bin but you know like reusing tupperware reusing jars reusing all that stuff um those are things and i think a lot of it can get really messy in like the green space because people will be like, oh, you need to do this and you need to make these swaps and you do this and that. And I think being green can happen at like very smaller levels, more accessible levels, because yeah. I feel like a lot of times the, the green package is very thinly veiled classism. And if you're a witch, <laughs> if you're a folk witch, especially like I am, um, you're using what you got, you're using what you got around you. So it's, you know, it's very, it's very almost intuitive practice. And for me, one of the biggest, and I, and I talk about it a bunch, um, 
I talk about it a bunch, but I have talked about it a bunch recently, um, is one of the ways that I work with like land spirits around here, if I'm doing like a devotionary act, I actually like go pick up trash, like from yep. the beach or from like around my complex or whatever, like places where people have thrown garbage, I will pick it up, I'll toss it out. Um, and you know, whatever else I'm doing, I do recycle very heavily. I've and I, I drive over to my friend's house because we live in the same complex. I'm like, just put all your recycling in a pile. I'll come by and pick it up once a week. So like I go out of my way to recycle because we don't recycle in my city. There's like these big, I live oh, right good. next to the fire station. I'm so sorry. Oh, there's, these big, <laughs> there's these big bins in my complex, but they don't pick it up. So you have to like take them over and, um, you know, it is what it is. So I think, you know, shepherding the land is such an important part of paganism because how can we work with something that we don't respect? How can we yeah. expect to want to work with us if we're not doing our part to take care of it, respect it as well? I really love that because I was actually talking about that with Vicky um, when we were preparing for this uh, interview. And we were saying it's almost like a moral responsibility of witches because we we do say that we, our practices are based on the earth and they're based on the land and they're based on like nature. And if we're, even if we're not the culprits for doing the littering or whatever else, if we're also turning a blind eye to it, then almost, I, I feel that it's almost our moral responsibility to take an active part in cleaning up the mess. Um, just because like, I mean, if someone wants, if someone helps me out, I'm more inclined to help them out, right? So if you want the help of Mother Earth or whatever, then you should do your part to help it so that it helps you. Does that make sense? So like- That's like, exactly how I feel. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's, a, it's such a, it's, and it's not like a more responsibility of like, oh, do this so that this happens for you. Uh, it's giving to give. Give right? to give. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant though. It, it probably came out wrong. It's, it, but like I meant it from the ad, uh, the inverse of like, you can't expect mother nature to want to help you out if you're not helping it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's a bit mm -hmm. of a cop out in my mind. Sorry about that loud noise. That's my cat trying to break into the room. She does this every episode. It's like the door's closed. I hear you talking. I need to come in there. Anyway, ignore that. Um, so another thing that I wanted to kind of touch on with, uh, oh, now I've lost my train of thought. My cat knocked it out of my head. We, you kind of just mentioned it then about being a folk witch and being able to use what's around you. One of the mm -hmm. things that I love that I see a lot on your Instagram is you talk about the McCormick's coven. I do. I love, okay. So McCormick really, oh, subtweet to McCormick. They do not acknowledge that I exist. And I know they've seen it because I tag them so often um, and it's gotten to the point where like my followers will tag me when they, they're getting like targeted McCormick ads. And I'm like, I know you see me because who is, who is tagging, who's tagging McCormick and okay. Like McCormick on Twitter. Um, cause I'm, I'm on Twitter. Um, McCormick on Twitter responds to every single tweet that they're tagged in except mine. So I know they're seeing them. Wow. Um, I think they just don't want to be associated with our community, which only makes me want to do it more, to be honest. Um, that's the Aries in me. So yeah, the, the McCormick Coven is a joke, but it's not a joke in that um, people get really weird about their tools and spending money on tools and like building an altar and you need to have this and you need to have that. And, you know, okay, yeah, that's like fun to have all those things, but if I'm being real, I'm pulling stuff out of my cabinet. I'm pulling shit out of my cabinet to use. And, um, and I don't, I don't care if it came from a witch store or if it came from my 
backyard or if it came from the spice section of the supermarket, I'm going to use what I have on hand because that's what makes sense for me. That's what makes sense for my budget. That's what makes sense for my magic. The magic and witchcraft is most effective when it's most genuine and when it's most yeah. genuine is when you're using what makes sense to you so i'm not going to go out and aside from all the moral ethical things i have against crystals i'm very vocal of, on my stance against crystals i'm not going to use a spell that says oh use this crystal because one i don't connect with crystals two i have an ethical um aversion to crystals but three it doesn't make sense for my practice i don't have it on hand i'd have to go buy it and what sense does that make if i want to do a spell it's probably because i need to do it right then it's not that i need to do it in like two days from now when i can get go out and get the crystal and come back like so i'm going to use what i have on hand that makes sense for the spell um and the not to say like I think that there's some substitutions that you can't actually make, but um, I, I find that magic is the most genuine when you're just using what you got. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So there's actually, um, we were talking to a recent guest as well, that she's writing a book um, that's based on the like herbs that are around that most people in Australia would class as weeds. She's like, but you don't realize that they actually do have magical purposes and they're related to other herbs and, and plants that you can use for magical purposes that people just don't realize because they're not familiar with the Latin terms or whatever. They don't realize what they have in their own backyard and they're going out and spending all this top dollar on like expensive imports from overseas that we don't grow here. But um, now we, I don't actually have McCormick's. I don't know even if I probably should have done my fact checking if we even have McCormick's in Australia, but I know I have seen it, but I've got master foods here. This is a mixed herbs one, which I, it's, it's very similar to the one that you were talking about on the video that I watched of you that you see the what's what's in the italian, italian one italian seasoning um i i love italian seasoning for money magic to be honest i love yeah it. and what's the usual concoction that's in italian do you remember oh, um italian is like basil oregano thyme uh did i say rosemary um margarine this usually kind so, of what's in I, well this one has literally got thyme rosemary margarine basil uh oregano and sage so it's like almost yes, the same exactly, thing that's, that's, oh, sage? That's so this is yeah. the, this is the one so i'm like and this has been sitting in my cupboard for so long and we don't use it enough because like i put like a tiny little sprinkle in my bolognese sauce every now and again but other than that i don't really use it i'm like who knew that i had this gold mine of magic spell casting sitting right in my cupboard this entire time that i and this like cost nothing Costs like literally nothing nothing and, like think about those ingredients broken down separately like, oh yeah there's a lot of magical potential there mm -hmm. um it's a one-stop shop and so there's a section in my book um you know my book um there's a section in my book um in chapter five um chapter five is called at the gates of witchcraft mm -hmm. um and that's actually an alliteration to gatekeeping witchcraft it's also a nod to the five of tarot's um it's the hottest take in the book the whole chapter is a hot take um but in there i talk about budget witchcraft and the reason why this chapter was written here's the backstory. so if you're listening to this podcast it's super special because not everyone knows that this is <clears throat> this is the truth getting the, the inside scoop the inside scoop on this chapter um i wrote this chapter because at the time i had written an instagram uh TV, Instagram TV video, I had made one um, and it was budget witchcraft tips. It's still on my page. You can still find it. Um, I did take down this comment because I didn't want the person getting harassed, but um, I made a budget witchcraft tip video and I used Italian seasoning in the video and they were like, this is plastic witchcraft. This is fake. You can't do this. 
blah, 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 blah. And I was like, bet. And so it was written into the book. Budget Witchcraft was written into the book. And um, so McCormick Coven has been a thing for a very long time. It was just recently given its name. But I do think that, you know, you, you can find magic wherever you are. Um, and I do talk a lot in my book, well, a lot. I do talk at one point in my book about um, plants and how to classify them for magical purposes because I feel like people buy correspondence books and then, mm. but they still don't know how to do it. They don't know how to break down correspondences. Yeah. So I have a chapter where I teach people my technique for breaking down correspondences for plants, even plants that don't have a known magical correspondence. So I broke down three plants. Um, I broke down sponge gourds, um, uh, cannabis, and um, oh, um, a flower, I forget, dragon something. Um, so those were the plants that I chose to break down and um, teach the technique because I explained the technique in detail, but it's like easier to just see it kind of happen a few times and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. I get it because those are all very different plants, you know, um, cannabis having very well known associations, but I do get a lot of questions. Can I use this magically? Can I, and I don't know why you would want to, but okay. maybe. <laughs> so, um, and there's, you know, there's can of witches, but like these people aren't smoking it. They're wanting to use it in witchcraft. And it's like, okay, I guess. Um, so we've got that going on. Um, and then I was like, okay, sponge gourds, like no one's using this, but you could, um and then like random flowers that I was like yeah we, we could we were just gonna throw this in here and, and teach the technique so um that was like that also was like a fun nod to do in my book so if you're working in earth-based practice you might as well know how to do it well I think that that's a good thing though because like so many people think like oh I I, I can't do this spell because I don't have these specific things it's like but you don't need to always have like, just because one author or one producer of something has said you need those things. Like this is, I think the difference between being a book witch and being an actual witch is an actual witch will go out there and see what's available to them or find a substitute that works for them. Like rather than, because a lot of the times here in Australia, we can't get most of the herbs that are in all of the books that were written in the Northern Hemisphere because we don't have the climate, we don't have the like agriculture, like it's just not available here. And like, I'm not the type of person that wants to spend like $30 US plus postage to like import some exotic herb from the States just because I have to have it. Like, I, I love just being able to find an alternative that's in my own backyard. And like, but like, that's what I love is that this McCormick's coven thing, I would never have even thought like I'm guilty of going to the cute little, and I'm not saying don't support your local cute little witchy store, but I'm guilty of going there and spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on these magical herbs. And then literally looking at them in my jars, because like, I, I went out and grabbed, because I've got a lot of these fancy jars with all my witch herbs in them. And I looked at the actual substance and I looked at my, after I started watching you on social media, I'm like, I looked at what's in my spice jars and I looked at what's in my herb jars. And I'm like, it's the same bloody thing but I paid like five times the amount for this one than I did for this one or more. Some of them like, like for a little tiny little bag, I paid like some exuberant amount of money. And I'm like, I could have just gone to my local grocery store. Idiot. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I think that I agree with you that it's almost a way of like, by someone turning their nose up at that practice, I think it's almost a form of, I don't know, passive elitism like oh you got yours from a supermarket that's not good enough oh excuse you it's the same bloody herb it does the same bloody thing thing um, shame on I, you yeah. i you know and i love i love making it as accessible as i can yeah um 
craft. That's like a big part of my platform. Um, it, it always has been the heart of my platform is making making things accessible to people where people don't want it to be accessible. And that's a big part of the book is the book was written to be um, climate-based instead of season-based because yep. we don't all have those seasons. Like I live in Florida, we don't have seasons. We And I write about it in the book too. I was like, you know, in Florida we have, especially where I am, we have two seasons and they're actually wet and dry. Mm. We have a summer temperate climate all year round and our our seasons are broken down into wet and dry um scientifically so for me you know what am i doing with a winter holiday what am i doing with all this? so it's like making everything accessible based on climate based on what you have and you know what you have a supermarket most likely and that supermarket <laughs> most likely has herbs that you can use and they're cheap and then you can use them for cooking too if you needed to you know like yeah it's like well why not you can do them as well then like it's part of being a kitchen which as well like you don't always have to have like this concoction spell like i often i'm i'm the type of person that sometimes when i want to work some magic especially if i'm doing something to do with my own personal growth or whatever i'm guilty of putting those herbs into my cooking so i'm consuming them as a means of you know absorbing their magical intent behind them um, some people might frown upon that practice as well, but I'm like, mm, it works for me. If I'm trying to manifest something, I like consume it into my body. And then it's like, Ooh, it worked. Yay. <laughs> and plus it tasted good too at the same time. Now I'm going to go out on a completely different tangent. And because Vicky's not here, I could do what I want. So she can't reel me in and keep me on, on, on focus. Cause I have my new Vicky right now. Um, I wanted to bring up, I wanted to bring up this. Yes. Um, magic the gathering. Now, I actually, I don't even know if Vicky's into Magic the Gathering. Have I ever we need to find her? out. I think we need to find out whether she has ever played Magic the Gathering because I know that something that Vicky and I both share is that we are, we're not even closeted nerds. We're both nerds. Like, is we're both book nerds, but we also, we share a love of things like Assassin's Creed. I don't know if you're a gamer. I, I'm I'm loosely, I, I don't play Assassin's Creed um, typically. Uh, I play a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but so we, we've got that kind of thing in common vicky and i but like i've got this little like magic the gathering is my like my secret little what do you call it guilty pleasure yeah. i just don't have enough people to play uh, play it with but like so how did you get into magic quarantine um so my friends one of my friends is like super he's like competitive edh you know magic and then um, one of my other friends got into it last year because of him. So we have game night once a week at my house. We've always had game night. COVID kind of like made that stop for a while. Yeah. But um, so we would come over to my house and play whatever. Like we had board games and card games and video games and like Smash, you know, and all these things that we were doing. But they would always bring magic. And I was like, nerds, I'm not learning that. Um and I got so lonely and bored during quarantine that I was like, please teach me how to play it. Um, <laughs> One so, of us. One of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so quarantine is what spurred magic for me, but it's so fun. I love it. There's a new, um, we're going to a new plane um, with it, it coming up in the spring 
winter, spring, January or February or whatever. I don't know what my friends was explaining to me. Um, I don't know its name, but it's all based on North Norse mythology and oh. it's going to be such a fun plane. Yeah. So um, it's new. It's going to have Vikings and all this other cool stuff. There's going to be dark elves, um, which are going to be green, black. Um, We're talking about and, language now. I love a uh, bit of a green, black combo. Yes, it's going to be so fun. And so um, one of my friends was like, you know, he because he's asking me, because Magic the Gathering does build a lot around mythology. Mm -hmm. So he's asking, you know, mythology about um, Norse mythology. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, like read, you know, Read, read these books, read the Poetic Eda and, you know, whatever else. And I was like, try these first. Um, if you still have questions, come see me and, you know, I'll step you through Norse mythology to the best of my understanding. Not that great at it, um, but I know the basics and, you know, it's going to be fun. So magic is just, magic is so fun and so many ways you can take it. And I think as a witch, and I've done it on Twitter is like, I pull tarot cards with their magic cards. Um, I think there's so many ways that you can use Really? That. Yeah, you can you can use any kind of card as divination. I have a friend that does it with Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You like what? I'm like, like you've just blown my mind. I have never thought because these they've been sitting on my shelf for so long because I bought them a while back. Like I used to buy, I had them as a kid, but then I got rid of them all when I was growing up because I thought I'm too old for magic. Um, and then I bought them again when I started working for a tech company because there's a whole lot of geeks there. And like, but since I left that company, they've been sitting on my shelf. I'm like, what am I going to do with them? I literally like this, these boxes is like maybe, it's probably like a quarter of what I have. Um, yeah, because I've just got like boxes and boxes and boxes that are all up on my shelf. And they've just been sitting there collecting dust. And I'm like, what am I going to do with them? Like, I would never have thought to do divination with magic cards. I do, I do it. I do it. It's um you think cool. outside of the box, right? So instead of tarot, you're 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 putting yourself into oracle world, right? Yeah. And so you require a little bit of lore, you require a little bit of technical knowledge because you need to know kind of the flavor. Like what is the flavor of white? What is the flavor of green? What is you know, mm -hmm. seeing those flavors, but once you once you pull out a card and you're like, you know, whatever my question is, and you pull out a um whatever I call a typhoid rat one one with death touch you're like oh god like like this is not what I needed in my day today I did not need death touch in my day how 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 are we feeling if I was to just randomly shuffle these and draw a card and see what it draw, comes up do with it, do it do it for those listening we're gonna shuffle okay shuffling now. some magic cards like oh actually I'll get a decent chunk of them because I don't want to because I don't know if these are in any particular order let me just see so for those who are listening and don't know, I can't explain it that well because like I'm a beginner myself still, but I'm just going to give like a brief overview. Um, there's a few colors in magic. Um, they're blue, black, red, green, and white. Um, each of those colors has kind of like its own thing that's really, really good at. Green has big stompy boy creatures um, and it's based like it's forest based um mm -hmm. white is kind of the jack of all trades it, it can do pretty much everything but it's not a master at any of those things it's got a lot of soldiers a lot of angels um it's called planes red color has it's, it's very aggressive um it also has big stompy boys but it's really good at getting cards out fast um and those are they're called like the the land cards are called mountains that's where you're seeing like 
goblins and, and demons and things like that. Um, then we have the black cards, which are called swamp. Those are the lands. Um, and those have like zombies in them. They're good at killing things. They're good at getting things out of your graveyard or going to the graveyard or stuff of that nature. Um, is that, oh, blue, um, blue is islands. So those cards are big brain. I'm not that big brain, um, but those are the big brain cards and they do a whole lot of a lot of things that I'm not very good at yet. Um, they care about like artifacts and those are called islands. So there's like, there's a whole bunch of things within the blue cards, like they can do a whole lot of things, but like really cool is like there's merfolk in there that yeah. I've been like into lately. So that's like a fun, that's like a quick synopsis of the colors and what they do. Yeah, so I actually, when I went out and bought these ones, I, I bought the um, Ixalan decks that when they when they came out and, and that was the kind of ones that I was buying. And then it's funny because then like you, when you go through phases of interest, like when I was very much into, I was playing Assassin's Creed Origins, which is based in Egypt. And I was like, I actually started Googling the Amonkhet, Amonkhet plane or whatever. Um, and I was like, so going to buy them. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't even use the cards I have now. Why am I buying more magic cards? I'm like, but they have Egyptian mythology on them and they're really cool. And yeah, anyway, so I've just, theme. yeah. So I've just um, shuffled these cards. I have no idea. Like I did literally just shuffled them. Um, so I'm just going to pick, a, I'm just going to think of a question. I think, you know what? I'm just going to keep it open. I'm going to ask just the universe for some general guidance of what I need to know for the next week? What, what am I going to be faced with? Or what do I need to know for the next week? What guidance can the universe give me? I would keep it nice and easy, open-ended, and I'm going to take the top card. Oh, so I got a Duskborn Sky Marcher. It's a vampire cleric creature. Hang on. So it is, to zoom. is that, um, so it's a white card, one, one with flying, um, so for one mana, you can tap it, and a target attacking vampire gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn. And then it's got a little text that says, the hour of dusk is come. So what, what would you say? What's your synopsis on this one? That's, that's, actually, my... that's actually a foil one, too. That's kind of cool. That's cool. It's, it's got that reflective surface on the, yeah. in the picture. I yeah. think that's a good card that... Things are better with friends. It's a good time to be supportive of our friends because mm -hmm. what we're dealing with there is, is that, that tapped mana ability of that. When you tap that and you pay the mana cost, you can plus one, plus one other creatures, right? So um, we're really dealing there with being a good support for our friends. A situation may pop up where we need, where they need us more than we need them. And that's a good time for us to give them a shoulder or to help them out. Um, it's also, you know, that that creature, it's a one one. So it's it's a baby, it's a minor influence of something that's gonna be happening in our lives. So we might, it's, you know, might not be some big event that a friend is doing, but maybe your friend's gonna be like, hey, would you come out for coffee with me? And to you, you might be like, ah, oh, like, I don't really feel like, but maybe they really need that. And that's a time for us to really be supportive of our friends. Wow. Do you know that what you just said totally relates right now? <laughs> you just like blow my money. I'm like, I never would have thought to use this for Oracle cards. And then the way that you just an analyze this, I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense because I'm literally hanging out with one of my friends later this evening and we have never hung out just one-on-one -on -one before. It's normally in a group environment and we just spontaneously decided, she's like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? I'm like, 
um, yeah, sure. Like we've never done that. So this is kind of like, when you just said that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like that just blown my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for doing that kind of little fun, random thing. All of our listeners get to be like, are they speaking another language now? And then there's magic cards, there's mana, there's all of these things I need to learn now. Guys, this is just a card game. It's a card it's game. It's a card game. It's really fun. You'll spend all of your allowance on it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you really will. I, you will, I, but you know what though? I am very, um, as a tarot reader, because I, I do read tarot professionally, um, I do tarot readings, but then I also, sometimes I'm fun and I like to read cards against humanity as my tarot cards. So oh. for me, adding in, um, adding in magic was just a natural progression of like, I can do this. That is so cool. Like I, that's another thing that I've got, cause I've got like, I, I'm one of those guys that when I buy something, I have to buy the whole thing. So I've got like the bigger blacker box, you know, that extension, extension, extension pack. And I have all the little mini extension packs that I put in it. Admittedly, my husband's like, we're never going to play enough to warrant having all the expansion packs. I'm like, it's okay. I've got them all. And I like them all. Cause I'm like you, I like to play games and, and like we we've got a lot of board games. Um, and the intention was to play them so that we don't spend as much money going out and doing things where you have to pay money but the amount of money I spent on those board games and card games. I'm like, I don't know what's worse. Not, magic is not the game to get into if you're on no. a super tight budget. Because no. when I got into it, I was like, I'm buying one deck because I play Commander. So there's like different formats when you're playing yeah. with your friends. I play Commander, which is a 100 card deck. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to buy the deck. That's it. I'm not buying anymore. I'm going to learn on the one deck so I can take part in game night. That's it, right? So then I bought the one deck and I was like, fuck, I'm good at this game. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I like big Aries energy. Like I have to beat my friends. And one of my friends likes to play green and I'm sorry, but green just is no match for my combinations because I like to play red, black. And one of my other friends plays blue, black. And like, so if we're in a, in a we're, if we're in a round, cause we all play like kind of black as a sub color. He plays green, black. I play red, black. The other plays blue, black, blue, black and red, black are going to take down green, black in a heartbeat. Like you did us did a chance. I love this conversation. It's so like geeking me out because it's like, I, I totally understand exactly what you're talking about. Some of my listeners are like, they've lost me. It's okay, guys. <laughs> like, it's okay. Because it's like, not just aside from playing it as a game, like I just love all the imagery and I love that they've drawn, like is the artists and the people who create the decks have done a lot of research, you yeah. pulling on mythology and stuff like that. And the imagery is just amazing. Like um, in actual fact, this is going off on a tangent, but as Vicky would always cut in with, she would say, we love a good tangent. It's true, uh, guilty as charged. So one of my guides that I speak to on a regular basis has presented herself in a manner that as soon as I saw it, I straight away thought of Nisa from Magic the Gathering. That's how she looks to me. And so one of my friends is like, but like, is that just because you're obsessed with this card game? I said, well, no, it's, I believe that spirit will always present itself in a way that resonates with the person that they're presenting to. Cause I've had a previous guy that presented himself in a way that like scared the bejesus out of me. Um, and then it wasn't until like later I'm like, Oh, okay. You're someone I can trust. Okay. When the first time I saw this guy, he was like massive and whatever. Anyway. So my, one of my main guides looks like Nisa. So if you've played magic the gathering, you'll know what I'm talking about. I'll see if I can get a picture. I'll put it in the comments of this video. Well, and then, thing when i post it but um that's what she looks like to me and so it's kind of like 
you know, because our guides are obviously watching us throughout the day. So they'll always pull on references that resonate with us as well, which I think is super cool and cute. But um, yeah, now, this has been fun. Like, I know this has taken a massive weird tangent with you, but like, I love it. I, think, just, I like, think it's fun to, to, a lot of people put witches in boxes and like, you're just a witch. Like, this is what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yes, I'm a witch. Yes, I'm an author, but I'm a person with a personality and I have interests. And I think people don't talk about it enough, but you have to have mundane interests and hobbies and things that give you passion outside of magic or you're like outside of witchcraft Mm. um, or you're going to burn out in witchcraft. You're going to burn out your spirituality. You need to have something else, something that's not related that gives you joy that gives you pleasure and we don't see enough of that talk on social media we see people like read 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 do your work do your shadow work do this do that and I said yeah okay there's a time and place for that and there's a time and place for me to just relax with a romance novel with a Netflix show with Magic the Gathering whatever you're doing there's a time and place to do that as well and it's all part of the journey we have to give ourselves a break so is, is romance novels your guilty pleasure Oh, it's my outward. Pl- I mean, I, I talk about this on Twitter all the time. Like, I, this is this is not guilty. I do this 100% of the time. I've been reading these books for like, maybe like 10 or 15 years. The, at my shelves, are, I have a whole bookshelf dedicated to these books. Like, this is what I do. Wow. I, I honestly, I honest to God have more romance novels on my shelf than I do witchcraft books. And I have a whole bookshelf of witchcraft books. So we, we've actually named the front room of our house, the library. Um, one, because it sounds bougie to say, I'm just going to the library <laughs> when I'm going to the front room, <laughs> right? Says the guy who only drinks espressos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we call it the library. It's like, I'm just going to take this call to the library. Like it sounds all posh and whatever, but it's because I literally went to Ikea and I people think that this bookshelf that we've got in the front room, it takes up an entire wall and they think that it was like built into the house, but it's not. There was just this little alcove, like one of the, like kind of the wall dents in and I just filled that little nook with wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling bookshelf. And then I've like decked it and it's all white and the wall is white. So it looks like it's built in, but I've just like decked it all out. And I've put all my occult books up on the top, 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 top shelf. Cause it's like the eye line looks there. It doesn't look up. No one looks at the yes. top shelf. So that's like my, they're my books. <laughs> I had that, I had that issue with like, I had all of my books downstairs um, but they were taking up a lot of space and we were having guests over a lot that were like going through my shelves. And I was like, you know, I, um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to move these. So I had gotten to the point where I had stacks and stacks and stacks of books all over my house because I, I read a lot. I I go through almost a book a day and, um, that's not always to say they're all witchcraft books. Like I said, I do read fiction, so it's really easy to fly through a fiction book, but I, I try to read, I try to read two witchcraft related titles a week um mm-hmm. and I had stacks all over my house right so I was like oh you know I'm gonna go to Ikea and get a bookshelf and whatever so I went to Ikea I got a new bookshelf I the only place that we had availability in our house was my bedroom so I set up a whole new shelf I took all of the witchcraft books from downstairs all of the ones that were stacked in piles put them on the shelf the shelf was full and I had to overflow into another bookshelf and I was like oh god so I have two bookshelves in my room full of occult titles and then my my fiction books and my history books are downstairs so that's like the biggest breakdown I feel like everyone should ask witches what's in your library what is contained in your library my library is history books Mm -hmm. occult books 
and romance books. That's my library. So mine, seeing as we're going there, mine is a lot of like self-help uh, psychology because I'm a life coach outside of being a witch. Um, there's a lot of health related health and fitness. Cause I also work in the fitness industry. Then I have a lot of travel and language cause I'm obsessed with like languages. Um, and then fantasy fiction. I love a good fantasy fiction. Um, especially, Oh, actually, are you into Eastern, Eastern uh, mythology? As in like yeah, Chinese? I'm, into, I'm into everything. Okay. I'm going to recommend a book for you just cause uh, if you do like to read, if you read the first one, I think you can get it on Kindle or like an e-reader as well. Like it's by an Australian author. Her name is Kylie Chan. So K-Y-L-I-E and surname Chan, C-H-A-N. And it's called White Tiger. So it's actually, there's a nine books in the whole series. Yes, but, we love a thick series. Yeah. And the books are like thick. What I think what you'll love about it, I don't want to give too much away, but if you read the blurb of White Tiger, I think you're going to like it. I personally love it. I've read it multiple times and I've even met Kylie Channing at a book signing and I was just like, oh my God, sign my book, please. And then even, they even came out with a graphic novel that ties into the storyline of the, the whole series, which was written with a gra- graphic novelist. Um, and without giving too much away, let's just say that it starts off in Chinese mythology, but the main character is an Australian girl. Um, but then it ties into Western mythology, specifically Celtic. Okay, this is what it says. This is, this is the, the description of the book. A young woman accepts a position as nanny to the young daughter of a handsome, wealthy, and mysterious Chinese businessman, only to discover her new employer is really a god, and every foul demon in creation is out to destroy him. With a premise like that, fantasy aficionados and diehard action lovers alike will no doubt be expecting something exceptional and Australian author Kylie Chan delivers big time. White Tiger is the first book in Chan's breathtaking trilogy that ingeniously blends magic martial arts and urban fantasy with a healthy dollop of paranormal romance thrown in to sweeten the pot. Fans of Hong Kong Hong Kong Kung Fu movies and the novels of Lilith St. Crow, Liz Williams, Karen Chance, Devin Monk, and something Andrews will flip over White Tiger. I think you'll and, like it. Because you yeah. like romance. It's got some romance thrown in. It's got a bit of magic. It's got a bit of like demons and celestials. It's got a little bit of Celtic folklore. But it's like, it says it's in a trilogy, but there's actually three trilogies that make up the whole nine books. Um, but yeah, I, I would say if you get a chance, give that one a read and I'd be keen to hear what your thoughts are down the track. I'm going to read it. You're going to read it? Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just finishing up a series right now and, um, yeah, and then I'm going to read I was that. Say, so if, got... if, if we lived in the same country, I'd literally just lend you mine, but like we obviously shipping it to Florida might be a little bit pricey yeah, just, just to lend it to you. Ship it to Florida. Um, yeah, I'm going to see if it's on, I bet it is onscribed um everything is onscribed i well i honestly it's the best nine dollars i spend a month oh and it's it, they got the audiobook onscribed woohoo awesome so you, you're more of an audio than a book reader or do you do both i do both but when i'm at work i listen to audiobooks um because i have a very boring job so i'll, I'll plug in an audiobook oh nice nice Anyways, I'm conscious of what time it is over in Florida. I feel like I could talk to you like all day. I, f- I literally feel like we're just having a chat over like some random shit. 
we are it's okay though it's been it's been a it's been a super fun interview um like i told you it does you know time time is not uh an issue to me but um if for the sake of a podcast it is an issue because, yeah like, because no not everyone wants to listen yeah right so um yes but thank you so much for having me no thank you very much for coming on the show again so just guys for those that are listening please go out and um, purchase The Year of the Witch by Temperance Alden. So um, she it's an amazing book. You're not going to regret it. Ignore the person who said that on Amazon. They don't know what they're talking about. I think they're just, they must have just had a bad day that day because I say poo on you for saying that. Anyway, or maybe kudos to you for making such an amazing new T-shirt that Temperance is going to wear around town. A new T-shirt, a new canvas bag, put it on a bookmark. I'm going to market myself that way. Next, to, next book, I'm telling you, it's going to be the second most overrated book on social media. Oh my God, you could even call it that. You could call your next book the most overrated book on social media or the most overrated witchcraft book on social media. Yes. You know how, <laughs> how much it will sell? Like, I actually think it would, from a marketing perspective, like calling it the most overrated book on social media would actually make it sell more, I reckon. Yeah, I, you know, that's just like me being me being uh, salty, but like not really salty, but like, you know, if you're going to tell me that I'm overrated, like people people don't realize, I think some people don't realize that like I really make fun of some of like the things that are said about me negatively. Yeah. Um, and so for probably a year and a half, someone had commented on one of my posts like, who the fuck are you? You're not a god. This is what they said to me. You're not a god politician or you're not a high priestess politician or god and i was like bet i put it in my bios for years it only came out because of the book um i almost included it on the book back but um it's not and i think it might be on my amazon author bio too um because that was it was still part of my bio what's saying i'm not a i'm not a high priestess uh i'm not a politician not i'm politician. not a god yeah oh my god see i love that because like being a coach like i always say like i always try to take the the things that others see as my flaws and then kind of flipping it back around on them kind of thing like i, I love that about you I, I feel like that's an aries thing though for you to do that it is and you know i'm like i'm i feel like my 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 three are spicy because i'm an aries sun sagittarius moon and capricorn rising i'm a capricorn rising too but i'm a, i'm an i'm a cancerian sun uh libra moon and capricorn rising so um, we actually just, we were dissecting this a little bit because our one of the recent guests that we interviewed, we're actually going live with that episode. It'll be your Friday, our Saturday, so tomorrow. Um, we're actually broadcasting that episode. So it was with a guy by the name of Colin Bedell. He's actually an astrologist and the, the writer for um, Cosmopolitan Magazine for the astrology section. And he dissected that to me. And it was so funny because on camera, he's like telling me what those three things like Cancer Sun, Capricorn Rising and Libra Moon. He was like, I felt like he was reading my soul it was kind of scary because I'm like, whoa, I didn't, how do you know this about me? You don't even know me. He's like, that's your signs. And so now he calls me like a triple, what do you call me? A triple cardinal threat. <laughs> I'm like, and so I made a joke saying, I've got Capricorn cancer and Libra in me. The only thing I'm missing is Aries. Do you know any? I was like, a full like, I said that live on camera and I didn't even care because I'm like, whatever. Like, now you said it twice live on camera. Here's the thing, right? Okay, <laughs> I'm not an astrologer. I'm bad at astrology, but let me tell you all you need to know about that Capricorn rising. It means that you're a fucking workaholic 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you're not being a workaholic, you're thinking about being a workaholic. You're thinking about how you can fill your time with shit that's going to make you miserable. And then you're going to do it. And you're going to be like, why am I so miserable? Why don't I have time to hang out with my friends? You're going to be like, oh my God, I like, I, I accepted this, this interview or I accepted this job or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And like, I, I don't have time to go to the store anymore. I can't go to the mall. Like that's <laughs> what, that's what having a Capricorn rising is like. Yeah, and I also think that we're the, we're the kings and queens of the icy clapback. Yeah. Yeah, we know I, how to we know how to throw shade, and when we do it, we're we're like the final word. Like, there's just no coming back from that. Like, my favorite over. technique to do it, honestly, is um, there's a restrict feature on Instagram, and so people that are really really mean on Instagram comments that I can tell are like, um. I, I don't care if you're mean to me. I care if you're mean to one of my followers in my comments, yeah. especially if you don't follow me. So um, what I'll do is I'll restrict their account and then I'll respond to them. So it looks like I got the last word, even if I didn't. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my God, this is, this is awesome. I feel like you're my spirit animal. <laughs> you know, I protect i just want to protect my followers that's what that's my goal so well that, that to me is like it's a it's ethically right to do as well like it, it, like and i'm saying that as someone who like i don't have a massive entourage of followers like you do i i'm a wee itty bitty little social media person but in comparison it's not my two compared to kylie jenner I yeah mean... true 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 like it's, it's all levels right but even with that like i, I don't care if you come for me because like come for me but just expect me to come back (laughs) um but if you come for someone else i'm like no 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 i control my social media account you come for someone else i will i'll come for you and you may you may start it i'll finish it (laughs) like that's exactly it and that's why the restrict feature is just chef's kiss like (laughs) that's the best feature on social media like you think you got the last word baby you did not i got the last word and everyone else thinks i got the last word too I love this. I, I I feel like now I just want to troll your social media just to see <laughs> see who you've done that with. You would never know. You would never know. Oh, really? Oh, so you yeah. so you didn't get to see the, the last word being posted and when they were just kind of backed down? Because my, yeah, you could find that, but I haven't had to do that in a few months because um, with the release, I've just been really busy doing like release related yeah. posts. And yeah. um, so my, my spicier posts are probably like, maybe from July. Okay. I got a little spicy in July. I, I got a lot of time. I'm going to be scrolling now. <laughs> the really spicy posts are, um, are from like June. June was really spicy month for me. So okay. there was one person who, and actually I had written, um, there's a free e-zine for anyone that's listening at this point is a free e-zine, um, on the internet through new moon books. If you find them on Instagram, new moon books, um, they do an e-zine. It's free for everyone. They get authors to contribute to it. So um, I, I'm in it. Um, I think Judy Hall's in it, who writes on crystals. Um, mm-hmm. The owner of the e-zine is uh, Lauren Leo. He wrote the book Horse Magic with his brother, uh, Dominic Leo, um, who has a PhD. So it's, um, it's an academic spell book. And it's not just about horses, but there's a number of authors that are in this anyhow, at the time um, that this was coming out, 
they had, you know, asked me if I'd be willing. And I was like, of course, I would love to write in it for you. I was like, I'm going to write on misogyny in the witchcraft community. That's the topic that I want to write on. And I did it as an op-ed. And, um, and so I did this op-ed on misogyny. And they were like, um, are there any pictures that you're going to provide? Would you like to? And I was like, I was like, just have the graphic designer. Um, just have him pick whatever he wants. It's fine. They're like, well, we're thinking about taking screenshots of some of these comments on your posts recently. And I was like, go for it. Go for it. I, I'm fine with that. They posted it in public forum, right? So mm, if they're they, still they've there, put themselves out there, yeah. Yeah. So so um so what they did was they took um I, I went through and I took some of the the funner ones. Um, and they took the names of the people who commented them off. So you, all you see is the comment. Mm -hmm. um, and you can read in real time the kinds of things that people comment to women in the community, right? Mm. So my favorite, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, takes a, takes like just a second to load. My favorite was this guy. Um, I had posted, essentially the post was that um, it was back when Back in like May or June, people weren't wearing masks in America and they were like, 5G, COVID, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yep. Um, yep. And I was like, um, no, you, you need to wear masks in public. <laughs> um, so uh, they took a screenshot and this is literally what it says. This is literally what it says. I'm reading it word for word. This is the caption. Um, you sound so swamped in fear of the virus that you are asleep, exactly how they want you to be, Karen. A little fascist foot soldier for the elite taking civil liberties away and guilting anyone who doesn't agree with you about, about wearing a sodding mask. Trying to make racism and mask wearing mutually exclusive is a cheap shot. Fear will lower your vibration and make you susceptible to viruses. So I suggest you turn the news off and make your own little sanctuary until this is over and stop embarrassing yourself on your page. <laughs> My favorite what? part of that was the fascist foot soldier. Oh, yeah. Fa fascist foot soldier. Yeah, because every witch is a fascist foot soldier. For, every yeah. witch is a fascist, especially yeah. if you wear a mask. Fascist. Yeah. Oh, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's some good ones in there, though. There's a guy that told me to go host bake sales. Um, Are someone you kidding said, me? No. Someone that said that I was the cause. Um, and this is tell yourself what you want to dismiss your responsibility for the destruction of the family. So I'm the cause of all divorces ever. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, there is yeah, there's some good ones in there. So that's only if wow. you want the key, um, read the familiar. It's, it's free and you get tons of authors. There's, um, let me see who's in it, who, who contributed. I remember like looking at the contributions and I was like, I am the smallest fry in this pool. Um, there is, let's see here, there the contributors were uh, me, um, Anwen Avalon, who wrote the book um, Water Witchcraft, mm -hmm. um, Sophia Delgado, she runs this witch magazine, um, Mary Grace Faroon, she did the book Italian Folk Magic, mm -hmm. um, Judy Hall, she did the um, Crystal Bible. Crystal Bible. Mm -hmm. um, then we have Jess Jaron um, about uh, energetic cycles, Dominic and Lauren Leo who wrote Horse Magic, um, Nicholas Pearson who also wrote a crystal book, 
um and yeah and the editors so yeah it's it's got a lot of authors in there that all contributed great pieces um mine is just a hot take op-ed but yeah people get spicy on the internet I love it. I love it. I, I, and, I, and I love that you're happy to clap back at them because it's like, that's, I mean, if you put it out there, then. If you put it on public forum, you can't be mad that someone responds to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I just love when you see someone will put something out there because they're being a keyboard, keyboard warrior, then they go to sleep. And then in while they've been sleeping, all these people have clapped back at them. And then when they wake up, all of a sudden, they're like trying to backpedal. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. It actually gives me so much joy. I'm like, mm, yeah, you should pick your, pick your battles. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, people don't, people don't, people make bad choices on the internet and it's much easier to scroll by something you don't like mm-hmm. or follow an account that doesn't resonate anymore yeah. than it is to pick a fight. So for me, if I see something I don't like, content I don't like, I'll just unfollow it or, um, or to scroll or mute the account. If it's a mutual that I can't unfollow, I'll mute the account. You know, whatever it is that I'm doing, I, I don't feel like it's a good use of my resources and of my energy to leave a nasty comment for someone. Yeah, no. um, and that's just my opinion. I wouldn't do it and I don't see why people do it, but I guess they don't have anything better to do with their time. Especially during um, COVID. We were we, like where I'm from, we were in lockdown from March to November, like literally at home from March to November. And so like a lot of people had a lot of free time on their hands and like just in my own neighborhood, the amount of people that were like walking around and like when we went outside walking around my state, I took my mask off because it's like there's literally no one around me in in my neighborhood right now. I'm not going to wear a mask walking around by myself. And then I saw someone was walking on the opposite side of the street and they're like, put your mask on. I'm like, mind your business. And I just kept walking like because i'm like i'm literally outdoors going for exercise i'm not gonna just like but sure enough i put it on when i went to the shopping mall if i was around people like i put it on but like i was literally walking around my block like with no well if you're in florida people don't wear a mask when they're outside like at at all at all like when i say at all i I mean like at all so um and and my friends will like rip into me because i'll be like oh we gotta wear our masks and they'll be like why are you wearing a mask? Like, you don't have to be like, I guess I'm, st- I could pass by someone. I could stand by someone. I was like, whatever. I just like, let me do my thing. Like off of me. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, but I'm in Florida. So we, um, uh, on top of that, I'm in Florida, I'm in America. So we've mishandled this whole thing from the beginning. Um, you said I'm, it, not I'm, me. <laughs> I'm an essential worker. So I've been working the whole time. I've never been home. And um, it's been it's it's been dicey here with people and their masks. And I don't understand the aversion to like if you're just if you're in a public space, like because America is not strict, right? America's mm. not strict. It's just like if you're in inside of a building in a public space, you have to wear a mask, at least where I am. Um, they don't make you wear a mask to walk from your house to your car. So people are like losing their mind, and I'm like, if, if it's not big of an issue, like have your groceries delivered to you. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't yeah. find, um, and, but you know, whatever. Like there's Amazon, there's grocery delivery. There's Yeah, pizza right. Delivery. There's so many ways you can get around it. But like, it's, it's funny because I've traveled a lot in Asia over there. It's just normal, not pandemic, just normal day to day for people to wear masks because they just wear them because of hygiene and 
because of like the cultural, like if you're sick, you wear a mask, so you don't make anyone else sick or, you know, because of the car fumes or whatever, like people just wear masks all the time. So it's like normal. So because I've traveled there, when I had to put a mask on, it was normal. It just, when it became a law in my state, I was like, oh, now that I'm told I have to, I don't want to. <laughs> but I did. I, I still do when I go to the shopping malls and stuff like that, I'll put it on. But now we're actually, we don't have to wear them outdoors. It's only if we're in close proximity to large groups of people for long periods of time. They said it's advised. So um, anyways, I'm going to leave that one alone because, uh, yeah, we won't get into the political way that things are handed in this draconian uh, state. just cut the whole section out. <laughs> no, no, no. All good. All good. I, we, we don't do filtered conversations here. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you so much for joining me. I, I know that was a weird way to end, but I could always edit if I need to. But I'll, I'll, I'll run it by Vicky anyway so she can see the magic that happened. The magic that happened magic. when she wasn't here. <laughs> Magic with a C and magic with a K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, from the McCormick Coven. Do, do you want to do a shout out to your coven? Um, shout all? out to McCormick Coven. But like really genuinely shout out to McCormick Coven because those are the people that are identifying with it are the realest people on the internet. They're keeping it so grounded and down to earth. Like, yes, use what you have in your kitchen. Use what you have in your yard. Like, I love the McCormick Coven. I love everyone that's been like, I love McCormick Coven. Like, I love you guys too. So I think it's such a fun concept. And I'm glad that people are enjoying the joke because we can't take ourselves too seriously. Otherwise, it would be yeah. so boring. It would be. It would be. But it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. This has felt like super fun. I feel like I've known you for a long time, which is weird, um, considering we only just met today. <laughs> We did. We just met today, like right at this interview. So. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode that we had our special guest of Temperance Alden. And as you can see, Vicky's back. Yeah. <laughs> with, with nice purple hair. With purple hair and purple everything. Purple everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. It's called gloves. <laughs> yeah. So do they I sell them in South Australia? Do they sell them? They do. <laughs> I had them on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you still look like you stuck I'm your finger powerful. in some pie. Okay. <laughs> anyway, guys, so uh, we're going to be popping all of uh, the handles and online. Yeah, um, all the links. All the links for uh, Temperature's work. So if you want to follow her on social media, yep. uh, we'll pop them in the link below. And uh, we've got another amazing episode coming up for you guys this Saturday, which is going to be on Litha. So stay Yay! tuned for that one. And we'll see you guys soon. See you soon. Bye.